I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. Right now, I'm at Matt Trotters. We are broadcasting live. You may be watching on YouTube, which is super great. And if you are, hello. And if you're listening later, uh, also, hello. Uh, we're doing a blood drive here uh, for Ava. Uh, she... Uh, needs she needs blood almost every day, and it's important um, that we have people coming to donate, and we have a lot of people, so it's great. You can see the bus back behind me if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, so pretty cool that we uh, have the opportunity to do this to help out Ava and kind of raise awareness um, for blood drives just in general, but then uh, for for Ava Wood and for her family that the support system. Uh, that she has around her uh, is tremendous. But then like the support system that she's had through our podcast has been just outstanding. And so I want to thank you guys, anybody that's donated uh, your money. uh, That's awesome. Uh, You can still donate blood. If you don't come to this blood drive, you can donate blood in her name. Um, If you live in Oklahoma uh, through OBI, which is the Oklahoma blood Institute, you can donate to her in her name. So you can donate to Ava Wood still, if you live in Tulsa or if you live somewhere else, you can still do that. So it's great. It's a great cause. Um, and with all that, I've got McKelly Barra on the line to talk about some pretty cool stuff with the Thunder too. McKelly, what's up? Well, it's, there's been like a fun weekend, uh, basketball wise from a certain yeah. point of view and a little bit, well, a little bit of sadness on the other. Oh, end. like some real sadness, man. Uh, mm. I want I want you to take take the floor for a second, and then we can talk a little bit about Alex, uh, and then we'll talk about the Thunder smashing the Rockets. Yeah, I mean, as probably like many of the listeners know, um, I've visited I visited OKC almost a year ago. It was March, I think. Yeah, and like there are there are many people uh, out there bashing OKC because they don't have a Neil with Hollywood written in highly uh, made capital letters or they didn't have a fifth avenue there uh, with jewelry and stuff well i i miss okc um so much since i visit uh and the people is what i miss uh, i miss the uh, the atmosphere of okc i miss being at the arena but again most of all i miss being out there with people that get out of their way to be nice kind to be help helpful with me and um, I mean, I, I felt like when I visit OKC, it was a, a place where you are welcomed. And I'm saying this because I think that the Thunder, as an organization, they really show that they are part of the city and they mm-hmm. they they take care of their players. Yeah. I mean, um, I was impressed that during all the, the the talking and the leaking and the media stuff. The name of Alex Sabrinas never, never came to place. Yeah. Okay, see, so was adamant in the desire to make what was best for him. Mm-hmm. And and this is this means taking care of the people. Because you know how much that cost? That cost twenty four millions, roughly. Not mm-hmm. trading Alex Sabrinas. Right. It's not nothing. And even even then, they don't have they didn't flinch. They they just took care of him. And what happened yesterday, I think it's um, it's sad because it means that Alex has has been struggling way too much for uh, for him to be able to play basketball. And the yeah. idea that she, she, he doesn't want to have, uh, say, the pressure of trying to come back means that he is not in a good place. And I I love him as a player. I love him as a as a human being. Probably like the the fact that he. He's struggling so much, uh, hurts, and yeah. um, I, I really hope that he gets better. 
and I'd love to see him playing basketball somewhere in the future with sure. any jersey. But again, this is um, what it means being a real team made of people. And if you want to go on Twitter and bash the Thunder for not making the trade, yes, there are people that like 10 seconds after the news, mm-hmm. they did it. Go on. Or you just you can do as the Oklahomans do. You can just care and be nice and think that he's struggling and you going on Twitter doesn't help. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, people, you can, I think a lot of times everyone is so far removed from these players that they're just, they're just kind of like symbols almost, or they're uh, just entertainers yeah. uh, to, to an extent. And you just forget like, that's like a real live person. That has real life struggles. I mean, if you're listening right now, I'm sure that you have gone through or are going through some kind of struggle in your life. And you wouldn't want to broadcast to everybody. You want to tell a select group of people and you want to tell people that you trust. And I think, you know, Abrinas and his agent trust that an organization, the Thunder know what's going on. It's not like a secret <laughs> to them. And, you know, they, they found it mutually beneficial for Alex to be able to go just focus on what he's struggling with. And then for the organization to be able to move on, uh, he did give back all of the money that he w- would have earned the rest of the season, which I think was, it's, it's not no small thing, almost $2 million uh, for a brainist to do that. So that's a huge thing. I think that, I mean, obviously that's very helpful to the thunder. They'll be able to reinvest that money back into another player. Uh, and it also just kind of releases Alex because I'm sure I, I know that it's killing him. Like he's a guy that has devoted his entire life to the game of basketball and then he can't play. I mean, how, I mean, if just think about the thing that you love the most and if you weren't able to do that for whatever reason, I mean, that just, I mean, that would just destroy. I'm sure it just destroys him in so many ways. And so uh, I hope that he gets well. Um, but I think it was mutually beneficial for both parties to do this. And I think they tried to do it in the most respectful way possible. So uh, best of luck to Alex Sabrinas. Uh, and without further ado, we're going to talk about the Thunder beating the Houston Rockets in Houston last night, down 26 points. It was the biggest comeback in Thunder history. They're down 22 at the half. And you're just like, okay, uh, you know, I, I hope that they can come back from this. I hope that they can at least make it look respectable because it was just atrocious. The Thunder were turning the ball over like crazy in the first half. The offense was super sloppy. The defense was okay at times. Uh, the Rockets hit a ton of tough shots. I also hit some some wide open shots that the Thunder were giving them just because the defense wasn't locked in. Uh, and then everything just kind of flipped. In, in, yeah. the second, in the second half. And really even, it took a little while for it to all really click because the, they're still you know down 10 with, I think, four minutes left in the third quarter. And really, I think their credit goes to, obviously, Paul George had just a ridiculous night. 45 points, three assists, 11 rebounds, only two turnovers. Uh, outrageous defense. He took 18 free throws. He was 6 yeah. of 14 from three. He was... Everything an MVP should be last night. Yeah. He, yeah. he was he outdueled James Harden uh, last night, not only because he outscored him uh, 45 to 42, uh, but because he plays on both ends and he was amazing on both ends yeah. last night. Uh, but credit goes to him. And then obviously, I think Terrence Ferguson had a huge, huge game for the Thunder last oh, night. Yeah. And then Schroeder in the second half as well, doing his second half Schroeder stuff. Uh, yeah, but just just an incredible, incredible victory for this team. That really, I mean, this next these next two games, and really, I was grouping the Rockets game into the three games right before the All Star break are kind of big because you yeah. get Houston on the road, you get the Blazers at home uh, Monday night, and then they play the Pelicans right before the All Star break. And it's pretty like they need to go two and one at least. Uh, in that little stretch, but if they could sweep that, that would be awesome. I don't know that they will, but if they can go two and one, that's a that's a huge deal. And sorry, I'll stop talking now. No, no, no you did you did great. I mean, you, you said it all, uh, so we can we can finish the podcast. Okay, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, um, I think um, two parts that I think are important. Yes, Russ had 
an interesting game <laughs> on the offensive part, uh, on the offensive point of view, especially uh, in the fourth quarter. It was really bad. Um, he turned the ball over. Yes, he did. No one was focusing on offense, I, I thought. Uh, so, yes, he passed the ball, probably not in the right spot. But I think it was like OKC being out of sync for 20 minutes. And, yeah. and to be honest, the Rockets being crazy hot. Um, and I thought that the Russ played the beginning of, of the third in a really, really good way. They were down big and they didn't try to make eight-point shots. They really right. played to their strength. They they starting to, to get in a flow. And then Danny Schroeder and Paul George took, took the lead uh, yeah. of the team. But I, I thought that those first five to six minutes, they made it a game. And Russ was extremely sharp. Then the shot didn't go in. I um, I I don't I cannot like um, I cannot say anything, anything different because he was not okay in terms of offense um, in the middle of the fourth. Then he, he started going back back again uh, the last mm-hmm. few minutes. Another point that I think it's important, and it's related to Billy and to Abdel Nader. Yesterday, uh, if you read uh, Billy's uh, lips, you probably I uh, would have seen like can play neither because <laughs> right. like when when he entered the game, it was like I think it was a close game. Like I don't remember yeah. the score, but it was close, like minus two, minus three, minus four. I don't remember. And the Rockets targeted him every single time. It was like wow. counter in the playoff, and he couldn't stay uh, in front of anyone. He made like a few poor choices. And like it's it's okay. He is a he's a he's almost a rookie that doesn't play very good defense. And the Rockets are just an expert team, a veteran team that will target you. Um, yep. And Billy Billy pulled pulled him in the second half because he recognized that he made an adjustment, and the adjustment works worked because having a guy that can play sort of good defense uh, can help. And I think that, again, Deontay should uh, get a contract. Um, yeah. Either you get a very, very good buyout candidate, but even then, you need to fill two spots. And there's no need to, to, to go out of your way to find two guys. It's already difficult to find one that can contribute. I think that you can give Deontay, like, uh, using your Emily, you can go up to two years, probably, and then making him a restricted free agent. Just do that. Mm-hmm. He's, he's earned his contract, and um, I think I really think that they will go. They are going to do it. Yeah, I think they'll give him a contract too. I think it makes the most sense. You don't have to pay him much. I think if mm-hmm. you gave him uh, basically like a hinky special, where you gave him the rest of your guaranteed, and then you give him two years after that at a minimum non guaranteed. I think he'd probably say sure. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, he's he's a guy that is on the fringe of being in the NBA or back in the G League or back overseas somewhere. And so mm-hmm. I think that he would take that kind of deal. And I think that it makes sense for the Thunder. I thought he played yeah. well in the minutes yeah. that he was given. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not just this defense. Sorry to interrupting you. But the point on having a guy like him on the floor and Jeff Van Gundy, uh, who for like probably national team um, purposes, he scouted um, Burton, I'm sure he did. Oh, yeah. He, he, knew, said, he knew Deontay. Yeah. 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 He knew him. Uh, it was clear from the uh, from his words. He said he's a guy that can make good decision, decisions. Yeah. And this is extremely important because it's true. Deontay will not be able to be effective offensively any given night. But if he can make good decisions more often than not, then you get a player that will not hurt you. This is important for a second unit. He doesn't yeah. need to start. He doesn't need to play 25 minutes. You need no. 12, 10 to 12 minutes of good defense or at least passable NBA defense and good and smart decisions on offense. That is what OKC need because you have Danny Schroeder, you have Paul George, you can have Steven Adams out there. Um, you have scorers. You have guys that can take your team offensively that can carry your team offensively. You just need a guy that doesn't screw up on either ends. 
Yeah. And that's, and really he did more than not screw up. He contributed his rebounding. I know you look at the stat sheet and you're like, what, what is Deontay Burton doing, you know, on the court? But if you watch the game, like in his mm-hmm. 10 minutes, he missed the only shot he took. It was a three. Uh, but the three rebounds and the assists that he had were in such crucial moments of the game. I mean, mm-hmm. every rebound was super crucial. Uh, it it means it meant a lot to the team, and so for him to come in and just be able to contribute, and also the defense he played. I know he fouled James Harden on a three. That's kind of the Thunder way, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It was a mistake. He made a mistake, but he needs those experiences in order to play later. Do I think they'll play him in the playoffs? Probably not. But I, you could argue that the Thunder only need five minutes in the playoffs from somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't need 10 minutes in the playoffs. 10 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes in the regular season, yes. I think that is necessary from Burton or Nader or somebody. Or if they go get somebody else, I could, you could make the argument that Corey Brewer makes a ton of sense to have that spot because he's not going to care about his minutes. He already knows the Thunder, and he's he's played well here before. And so I don't know if he'll be released by the Kings or if the Kings will sign him for the rest of the season. I don't know what situation is, but you could argue that he would make some sense. Uh, and then I'm and I've said this before. I'm watching the guys on the Clippers. Like I'm the Clippers won last night, and that doesn't mean that you know necessarily that they're heading for the playoffs. But it was, it was a really good win for them beating the Celtics, and they came back down from 28 points, so they had like a 26 oh, wow. point wow. comeback and a 28 point comeback last night. Uh, for the Clippers, but I'm still watching that team super close. And what do they do? Uh, and also the Grizzlies. Are the Grizzlies? They'll probably carry all those guys the rest of the season. If I'm them, like I'd let go of some of the vets that aren't making a lot of money, and I just cycle in G League guys and 10 day contracts, and like see if you can find somebody the rest of the season. Because like a guy like Avery Bradley, I know everybody's been obsessed with that dude. Like he could be a guy that's released, but he may want a bigger role. And that's the thing with the buyout market. And the guys that have like Wayne Ellington did not choose the Thunder because the Detroit Pistons came to him and said, Hey, listen, you can start and you can play a lot of minutes and we want you to help us make the playoffs. Awesome. That for Wayne Ellington helps him get another contract. If Wayne Ellington yeah. comes to OKC and he plays five to 10 minutes a night, maybe makes three threes total in the playoffs. Is he getting a big deal? Probably not. The Thunder are like, hey, you want a minimum contract to come on back? Or he's going to go elsewhere for probably a minimum? I mean, I just don't think it doesn't behoove him to do that. If you have a guy who's older, like a Corey Brewer, who's just trying to play a you know, a few more games or a few more years in the league. Like that's the kind of guy that the Thunder could use. And will those guys appear on the bio market? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But if they don't, the the fact is that they still you have to carry 14 guys on your roster and the thunder have 12 yeah. and so they need to sign two guys they have to could they sign both two-way guys sure they could that could be a reality where they sign both of them for the rest of the season just because they have to carry 14 guys uh it would be ideal to go find somebody that could play some minutes so um i'm watching the the youtube chat and um Josh Wood, who's Ava's dad, is watching from Children's Hospital. So what's up, Josh? Uh, he said that Ava's in good spirits. That is wonderful. We're so, so happy for that. Uh, and we're going to continue to pray for her and uh, donate. I have I posted the, the GoFundMe, and I know somebody's saying that it won't work uh, from somebody in New Zealand won't accept the card. I'm sorry. I really have no idea how to handle a situation like that. Um, but... If you could donate to Ava through the GoFundMe, I posted it on my Twitter link. It's on Facebook as well. But if you'll just go to GoFundMe.com, you can search Ava's faith through a plastic anemia and donate. I think they're close to only $2,000 away from hitting their $10,000 goal. And remember, like that's a very specific number. That's not just a number that's just thrown out there willy-nilly. That's a number that would greatly, greatly help the Wood family. So if you have... Uh, the means to donate anything. $1 is awesome. If you're able to, to donate 100, there's been several down to dunkers that have done that. Uh, we appreciate you guys. You guys are the best. Um, just continue to help this family. That's that's why we're here uh, at Matt Trotters right now. If you're watching on YouTube and you're very confused as to why there's people in the background and there's this bus back here, uh, it's because we're at Matt Trotters. This is the the place where Ava did gymnastics, her sister does gymnastics here. Uh, this family is very ingrained in this community. And so these are their people. And they are putting on this big uh, blood drive and fundraiser for her. And that's why we're here. So uh, 
Let's go back to talking about this game. I feel like there's a lot of layers <laughs> to this yeah. game yesterday. Uh, I can't say enough about the impact that Terrence Ferguson has on this team. I just can't. That last possession where Russell gets the driving layup, one, it was an incredible read and play by Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Like he exploded through that double team before they yeah. could even execute it. I mean, yeah. that, that's the reason he got the layup, but the reason it was wide open and nobody contested him is because one, James Harden doesn't play defense on the other side of the court when he's, you know, guarding Jeremy Grant and you do have to guard Jeremy Grant to an, to an extent. Of course he's hit uh, some big shots down the stretch, but Chris Paul was not going to leave T Ferg. Like he just yeah. wasn't. And so he has to be close enough. And, and basically at that point he takes him out of the play. And yeah, I love Dre. I think Dre needs to be on this team. I think that Dre needs to be on this team for them to go far in the playoffs. But the difference is massive because if that's Dre in the corner, you, you best believe Boy, Russell yes. Westbrook does not get a wide open layup at the end of that game because they're going to triple team him. They're going to throw three guys at him. They're going to try the trap and they're going to have, um, they're going to have Chris Paul over there, but you know what? He yeah. wasn't because the Thunder have threats on, from the outside now. And that is such a, such a big thing for this team, especially come playoff time because come playoff time, teams would just load up. They would yeah. load up. And if the Thunder can go get somebody in the buyout market that can hit a shot, you could go small in those situations too and have Jeremy at center and Paul George at the power forward and then whoever it is and then T. Ferg and Russ. Like, I don't think that you can really stop that. So uh, the emergence of Terrence Ferguson at this age, which I think was is unexpected to everybody. I mean, I don't think the Thunder thought they were getting this guy this year. I think there was hope down the line that maybe you get somebody like this, but for him to have the progression that he's had uh, is tremendous. It's tremendously important. He had 15 points last night. He was three of five from three. He had three assists. He had that lob yeah. to New Orleans Noel. Yeah, I was, to talk about that. It was probably the that. best lob pass thrown to him all to Noel all season <laughs> because <laughs> everybody <laughs> seems to not be able to throw him a good lob pass. And Terrence Ferguson uh, drives the ball, attacks the closeout, drives the ball. He probably would have just shot it in a normal circumstance, but he is read. He's making reads on the offensive end, and I think that any sort of ceiling that people are placing on him now just like shut those down and wait for this dude to develop because I think that he is showing a lot more and also goes back to summer league. How many people probably including myself killed him in the summer league in the beginning of the season. Oh, Hamadou Diallo is better. Oh, he should do this. And I'm a part of this. I'm, I am completely guilty of this, but the thunder knew what they were doing. This coaching staff knows what they're doing in terms of developing players. And if the players will put in the work and Terrence Ferguson is, it's it will result in something great. And you know, i you see the same kind of stuff in Hami. Hami's mm-hmm. playing in a G League game today. Uh he's he's hitting shots. Uh I've, I've seen from Brett's timeline that he's hitting shots and playing well. Uh you know, they did the same kind of stuff with T Ferg last year and Hami's working hard. Like the guy yeah. is putting in the work. And so they've got, and I, I still am really high on the future of Hamadou Diallo, but uh, the importance of the player that Terrence Ferguson is uh, and what he's done to help this current team. I just can't imagine what they'd be without him. You know, I mean, if you don't have Dre and you have Terrence Ferguson, like, yeah, he's okay. You know, I don't, this team isn't, anywhere close to the level that they're at right now where you could think, yeah, I could see them making the Western Conference Finals. I could see that happening. Uh, but without him, it's it's not too far off from last year where it's like, yeah, I could see this team going second round, but you know they could lose in the first round. I'd be a little surprised at this point if this team were to fail like they did last year. Yeah, I mean, um, I think... I think, like, and shout out to Maddie Lee, uh, because she, um, before the, the Houston Rockets game, she was talking to, to Ferg about, and she wrote about, uh, him being able to dish more, yeah. uh, to, to share more the ball. And that, I think, is something, uh, that, uh, that we were, uh, me, you, and probably also, uh, Alex, we were discussing at the beginning of the season, 
um, about where Terence Ferguson can end up being a better player than OG Anunobi, uh, the guy that uh, many of us, including us, uh, thought that probably OKC should have drafted. And one of the points uh, that I was making and we were discussing was if he's able to do what OKC is envisioning him to do uh, in Summer League and that is creating for others after a pick and roll or after um, uh, a, shot up, uh, um, a spot up opportunity that can become uh, attacking a closeout, then we are looking to a completely different player. And of course, we weren't sure. We, we saw glimpses of that. And now we are witnessing what happens. It happens that a guy like Chris Paul, who is a defense savant, cannot leave turns because A, is afraid of a shot, and B, if he's too far away or makes the closeout a tad too late, he's going to attack him. And yep. he knows how to put the ball on the floor. He knows how to fake a shot and to make an alley-oop. This is not easy. This is not easy against a team like the Houston Rockets that, uh, with Paul being back, they have a good starting unit in terms of defense. Yes, Farid is not great, and that splitting that Russ did was almost all, all his fault. Um, but they are veterans. Was that Farid or Nene out there? Uh, maybe Nene. You're right. The hairs were extremely misleading for me. Oh, it's, it's had- incredibly <laughs> difficult to, to see the difference between the two. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. the guys on the quarter having the same problem yeah <laughs> probably so <laughs> anyway um okay i don't remember what i was saying <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about uh, t ferg yeah i know the, the point that the the, 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 the rockets uh, have veterans they they have like tough guys that have been to the playoffs that know yeah. that knows how to defend and this is Almost a rookie. Guys of uh, his age are rookies. Um, and he's able to do those kind of things. This is really incredible. And again, I was wrong uh, last year to uh, want him not to play um, because clearly this coaching staff knows. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's almost unfair to expect from Hamidou the same growth that uh, Tiford had, but totally if he's unfair. going, it's unfair uh, because it's early. He's young. He's way more rough uh, in terms of um, basketball and in terms also of um, basketball experience. I think that Terence um, was highly recruited. He had like a ton of basketball already played, and he just decided to go to Australia. Anyway, uh, I'm just to say his that. shooting yeah. with Hami. Yeah, like Hami's yeah. Hami's pretty skilled. Yeah. And really, to me, if he can if he can get that corner three down, where he's yeah. getting even thirty five percent from the corner, which is not great from the corner. I mean, overall, thirty five percent is pretty nice. But if you could shoot thirty five just from the corner, and he could use this, he's really good at using his athleticism. He can actually handle pretty well. Like I mm-hmm. think, like he's got some skill. Like there's a yeah. lot to work with there. He's three um, of five from three, by the way, tonight. See. He's the man. No, I, I like him. I like the potential of him. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he can contribute like this next season, but I, I would be pretty surprised if he is, is not a guy that's in the rotation for the Thunder in the next two years. I'd be surprised, uh, but I've been surprised before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fair to expect him to, to be better. You yeah. can be, like, as a second-round pick, if you become the eighth or the ninth player in a rotation of a team that makes the playoff, that's a home run. That's really oh, a home run. And how no do in 20 games was that this season? He was able to help this yeah. season already. And so, yeah, if he, if he keeps that trajectory, who knows? Um, and again, yeah. the dude works hard. Yeah, yeah um, that's... that's um, do, do you think uh, Terrence is going to put, up, to put some weight this summer? I'm 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 wondering this um, if he's going to to be a little bit bulkier next season. That could help. Yeah. If he can retain his quickness and be a little bit more, um, say, strong, he'll put on some. To, he'll put on some weight. Certainly, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's always going to be skinny, wiry, though. Mm-hmm. You know, like you look at even a guy like Corey Brewer, who played a long time in the NBA. 
he like came into the league probably just as skinny as Terrence and he's not that much heavier than Terrence now, you know? Yeah. You put on a little bit of weight. You you would hope that Terrence could eventually put on a little bit more, but I don't know that he really needs to. Uh, he's still able to defend at a super high level uh, even without it, but would it be nice? Yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting to see what his frame is able to take on uh, over time, but I... We'll see. Last season, I was kind of concerned about it, but seeing the way that he defended yesterday, I wasn't. Uh, and speaking of defense, I thought that Russell at the end of the game really took the challenge of defending James Harden, and that was super fun uh, to see him do that and to do to contest the way he did on that final shot. I thought was a really big deal. Uh, and and Russell, like overall, yeah, he had ten turnovers. Not not a great thing, uh, but I think his leadership. And the way that he just is so relentless put that team where they were yesterday. I mean, you saw him, and I tweeted out a picture of him. Yeah, I saw that. He had his arms around Terrence Ferguson and Jeremy Grant. They're down like 15. And I don't know what he's saying to him, but like those are like crucial leadership moments for those two guys, like these young guys that got Russell Westbrook in their ear telling them whatever. Uh, obviously encouraging things that they can, I mean, it's just, that's a huge thing for this team and the way that he just doesn't stop because you had Terrence and Paul George with five fouls there at the end of the game. And if one of those guys fouls out with two minutes to go, I mean, I think the, the result is different. The results could be very different, especially if it's Paul. I mean, if it's Paul, yes, the result is probably different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that Russell's like, no, and anytime that they tried to get a switch, he'd just switch right over. And, he, and yeah. he would just take the challenge. Like He's stepping up to the challenge every time. And there was no, he was making the choice. He's making the decision and he was going to live with what, whatever happened. And he, he stepped up. I thought he was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the defense, and, and with James Harden, sometimes uh, you can play great defense. Uh, you can play, if you play bad defense, that's a problem. If you play, yeah. like, uh, how, how could I say that? Okay defense. You just need to stay in front. Don't yield mm-hmm. in, this, in this first step and try to contest as much as you can. That is the best you can do. The, the mm-hmm. rest is icing on the cake. And sometimes it doesn't even matter. I saw a penetration where Terrence basically contested him until the last step. Step he took. It didn't matter. The, the, um, the next possession, he did the same, and he got a piece of the ball. So with James, is more on him than, than on you. When he misses, it's probably him, because the shots that he takes are so difficult anyway. <laughs> the thing that you cannot do is, again, playing bad defense. Because if you, if you lose him on the first step, that is a basket. And that is yeah. how... They lost the game in Houston on Christmas. They just lost mm-hmm. him. And the floater that, that Harden did, the possession before uh, missing the step back three, wasn't an easy one. He had to work. He couldn't get all the way. And that's important. He makes a basket, great. He's an MVP candidate. Not uh, probably as sure as a week ago, I would say. But um, no. he's still in the lead. And so it's it's... He's going, he's going to make those, those baskets. But yeah, Russ played, I think, three possessions in a row. Um, good defense, um, contesting the, the step back three, back three uh, well enough. And that was extremely important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought they played hard and pretty well. I know he still had 42 yeah. points on 28 shots, uh, which is yeah. pretty great. 14 of 15 from the line. But he only finished with one assist and five turnovers. Last yeah, time. that's the, the single assist is maybe the best because Harden and again I watched like hundreds of possessions last year. He's is right. very good in doing that pick and roll. Um, and probably the assist, if I'm not mistaken, was to Farid the first minute of the game. So he basically stayed the re- the, remain, the remaining minutes without an assist. It was without a doubt to, that yes, yeah. Or they miscalculated the assist, I, uh, or that was because I remember him uh, probably in the first play, and so the fact that OKC was able to hold him to hold him to, to zero assists for the remainder of the game is incredible. 
mm-hmm. um, they were yep. never able to find the corner. Uh, and yes, some is probably missed shots, but hey, that happens. Yeah, it does. Ask Russell Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> he's got guys that miss shots all the time, and he's still leading the league in uh, in assists. He, Mm-mm. you know, he finished with eleven last night. Russell did, and yeah, mm-hmm. I think the one assist is pretty crucial. And Chris Paul, you know, Chris Paul looked pretty good last night. Yeah. Uh, better than he has in a while. He finished eighteen points, nine assists, ten boards uh, himself. I thought that he was super good, um, and so it. This is a good Rockets team. That's a really good yes. win. I thought PJ PJ Tucker didn't score last night. He was over three, uh, but the defense he played on Paul George was oh, outstanding. Was good. Yes, yes, <laughs> he was awesome. I thought Rivers off the bench, but a pretty good sixteen minutes for them. Had ten points. Uh, Amon Shumpert came in. Uh, he played pretty good. He played good defense himself. He hit a three. He was only one of five, and that's kind of the difference between like. King Shumpert and Rockets Shumpert is that King Shumpert, he could do just whatever he wanted and had the ball in his hands. And I just kind of wonder about this version of him because this version of Shump was not great with LeBron the last couple of years in Cleveland. Like he just wasn't that great with, with him. So So yeah, go ahead. So can we conclude that both LeBron James and James Harden make their teammates worse. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly I what I'm agree. trying to say. I, uh, I, th- I think the point to me is guys have different, they're guys are comfortable doing different things in the league. I think yeah. that instructor will have good games and he'll play well for the Rockets, but I don't know that he's completely comfortable just being a guy that touches the ball five times in a game, you know? Uh, and some guys are, some guys are completely comfortable with that. Uh, Eric mm-hmm. Gordon, even though he hasn't shot the ball well this year, like he's been super good playing next to James Harden. Uh, a guy like Gerald Green, he's played really well in that role next to James, just catching and shooting. That's really about it. Uh, Austin Rivers has been awesome for them. He was three of five from three himself last night. You know, that's a great role for him. You know, like a guy like Terrence Ferguson. Like he's yeah. pretty comfortable just touching the ball the few times that he does and taking the few shots that he takes. Uh, but there's players that need the ball a little bit more to have that level of comfort. And so it's just, it's interesting. You can't just plug and play any guy and they can, mm-hmm. they'll be good. And the other Thunder have struggled to find guys that uh, can play that role. You know, Jeremy Lamb was never able to play that role for OKC. Yeah. Even though that's what they kind of hoped that he would be. Uh, same yeah. with uh, Perry, Perry Jones. Like these guys, not everybody is just plug and play. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see Jones. if, if if Shepard can be that kind of guy. I know. Like you, you still see like a random like Perry Jones Instagram post where he's like, yeah, I'm making a comeback. Like, oh, no. I feel so sad. Oh, no. That's sad. I feel super sad. <laughs> uh, let's go over some of the overall stats for the Thunder as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, never mind. There's some very not big news. Chris Boucher is signing with the with the Toronto Raptors because the Toronto Raptors have five open roster spots after they made the trade for Marcus all. Um, Who's the guy? Chris Boucher. Boucher. I, I, I need to see the name in, in, in print because otherwise <laughs> I don't even know I, if that, I'm saying that it doesn't right. ring a bell. <laughs> but, uh, let's uh, let's showcase my ignorance. Uh, right. <laughs> the Thunder up to 13th and offensive efficiency on the season. Uh, which is pretty good to be in the top half of the league when they were in the bottom half of the league for most of the season. Uh, defensive rating, they're third. They're uh, 104.9 and then net rating at a 5.3, which ties them with the Indiana Pacers for fourth in the NBA. So this team is still doing really, really well. Like This is still a, a good team. Are they a title contender? Probably not. Mm, no, but but they are definitely a team that will contend to be in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the only other West team in the top six in net rating. It's Milwaukee, Golden State, Boston, Indiana, OKC, Toronto. Oh wow, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And then you have Denver, Utah at seven and eight, and Utah being at eight. In that rating, 
is a that's an interesting that's that's pretty interesting that they're and I think they are up to a big run at the end of the of the season because of the schedule they really have an easy schedule that doesn't mean that they will uh, jump to the third spot or that they over they they they'll end up being above the thunder but if I have to bet um, I saw him play better basketball as a late and I think they will end up having the. Um, um the home home court advantage in the playoffs. Yeah, you could end up seeing a, a four or five Utah Rockets series. Yeah, that that could be fun. Or with but, Portland. Fun anyway. Yeah, or with Portland. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Thunder yeah. get Portland tomorrow night. Uh in OKC Monday night. Uh Portland's on the second night of a back to back, which is that's that's scary. <laughs> Definitely makes things interesting yeah. um, for the Thunder. So that's uh, a big one. That's a big game. They need to beat. They need to beat these teams, um, especially at home. Second night of back to back, they need to be able to beat the Portland Trailblazers, and they've they've beaten them this year. They've actually mm-hmm. done it. And so yeah, they need to beat, yeah, and they, they, they can clinch the the season series tonight, um, which is important. I mean, you never yeah. know what happens. Um, no, the, the season is still way too long and having a team uh, that is currently uh, behind you, having the tiebreaker, that's mm-hmm. very important. And so, yeah. um, and, and also I really want them to, to play uh feisty defense from the start. They yeah. need to swarm them from the beginning, because if you do that on a team with a team on a back to back on a second line of the back to back, if you start hot, uh, and you, you don't let them go into a flow. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is helpful. It is really uh, important that they come out um, come out strong. Yeah. Uh, I have a question from YouTube. It's from Josh mm-hmm. Wood. Uh, he wants to know if this is a, a game that we should make a big deal about. Is this the thunder? Is this a thunder achievement or a rocket collapse? Boy, that's a, that's a good question. I don't think they collapse. They shoot the ball poorly in the second half, but mm-hmm. OKC lost the ball like crazy in the first half, and they didn't yeah. shoot the ball particularly well. Um, so I would say that the Rockets competed, and to me, yeah. um, I, I was texting you uh, after the Memphis game. I was talking to you about the fact that that game was important because they showed that the Thunder could care um, and they could take a game seriously. And I think yeah. that last night they did take the game seriously. They were down. They didn't quit. They tried. They tried in the right way. Not just, let's see if we should, if we should like 30 trees, how, what happens? No, they, they didn't do that. They really competed hard. They competed the way they they are supposed to they did the things where they they are strong mm-hmm. that are play passing lane and generate good shots and if you do that if you do that with a like um with good effort you are winning most games and and so i think this is a thunder win uh the rockets didn't have enough to to compete and so i i don't want to take anything uh, from OKC. Yeah. To me, here's here's kind of the the flow of the game. It started out the first quarter was a great quarter of basketball. Yeah. I thought both teams competed really well. And then yeah. the Thunder let go of the rope in the second quarter. Yeah. And they just they were awful. I mean, they were throwing the yeah. ball away, they were missing rotations, like it was just sloppy basketball. And then that flipped in the third quarter where the Thunder came back. And I don't know that the Thunder I mean the Rockets just kept doing what they were doing. And they just missed, I felt mm-hmm. like. And the Thunder were making shots and they were making plays and they played better on the defensive end. And then by the time the fourth quarter hit, it was a it was tied at 90. And then the fourth quarter was just it was nip and tuck. The Thunder had the lead, you know, they went up by like six at points, and then like the Rockets would retake the lead, and like it was just a really good basketball game. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's that was just a high-level NBA basketball game. Now, like, what do the Rockets look like once Clint Capella comes back? I mean, that changes the equation quite a bit. And the Thunder can't play like they did last night and beat 
this Rockets team. I think they they have got to be better. Yeah. Um, but until then, like it was a it was a really quality win against a team that's been playing well lately. This Rockets team has been playing well, and uh, yeah, I think that it's definitely a big time achievement for this team to to refocus. I mean, it's the biggest comeback in Thunder history. Twenty six yeah. points down. I mean, that's an achievement in itself, and that doesn't that doesn't happen by accident. You have to fight and claw and just continue to chip away and believe in what you're doing. And honestly, like th- those are typically games where Russell will lose it a little bit and take you know twelve threes in a game and you know, shoot the Thunder basically out of it. And he didn't. He remained focused. No. Um, did he take bad shots? Yes. Did Russell play in a game? Yes. Then did he take bad shots? The answer is yes. So, but. I thought he remained focused on both ends. I thought Paul George was given a chance to take over, and he did. You had guys spotting up. Terrence Ferguson, uh, Jeremy Grant hit that big-time three off the Deontay Burton assist. Uh, you had guys that just stepped up. Like Everybody collectively did. Uh, Dennis Schroeder did his second-half Dennis Schroeder stuff. I mean, it was just it was a big-time win for this team and just kind of a, a little identity check for them. Uh, and so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they can carry that over uh, into the Portland game, and then I don't really know what to expect from the Pelicans. Uh, yeah, with the Anthony Davis weird stuff, uh, I could see the Thunder easily losing that game just because just because the Thunder are going to be not just completely underestimate the situation going into it. But um, it's a big deal. Uh, some yeah. three point shooting stats. For the Thunder, Paul George is at 40.8% on the season on nine attempts per game. Nine. That's huge. Wow. Ferguson's up to 38.6% on the season. Uh, yeah. Jer- Jeremy Grant, 37.3% on the season. Nader, 36.2. Dennis Schroeder, 36% on 4.2 attempts per game yeah, dude, on the that season. That is huge. That That's is massive. Huge. And then Patrick Patterson, 35.9%. He hit a three last night on 2.3 attempts per game. So the Thunder have six players who are all playing meaningful minutes for them that are shooting 35% and above, which is just crazy. Uh, And one of them... Like taking into account where they started. Yeah, and also taking into account that the guy who was probably the best shooter on their team isn't on the team anymore in Alex Abrinas. Yeah. And if you told me preseason that the Thunder are going to have six players shooting 35.9% or better come February, I would have guaranteed you that Alex Brinus would have been one of them. And I would have obviously been wrong. And then I've been like, well, then who is it? Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have, I mean, I probably would have guessed Terrence Ferguson. Would I have really believed in it? I don't know. I would yeah. have never believed 38.6% on the attempts no. taken. No, no, never believe that. Uh, and then and the attempts Schroeder. for PG, the attempts for PG. Can I read the last five games? Yeah, please. Miami, 10 um, on 16. Boston, 5 on 16. That was bad game. Um, Orlando, 6 of 15. Memphis, 6 of 13. Um, Houston, 6 of 14. 14. So he, he took in the last five games 13 trees or more. <laughs> that is. That is great. This is, you know what? Awesome. This is something that I remember. Sorry for bringing Katie up, but I remember the the 2014 season. Yeah, he was not taking enough trees. No, he never did. Still doesn't. Still doesn't. This is the weirdest part of Katie game. Yeah, it is. And and PG, I'm so into him taking more than 10 trees per game. Oh, yeah. It seems preposterous, but when you're shooting like 40%, who cares? Just just shoot trees. Yeah. I don't want mid-range. Just take like off the dribble trees like he did. Like he did. Last night, at, at the point, he was dancing. He did something. <laughs> it was ballet. It was really ballet. Uh, when he <laughs> he nailed the tree and and green fouled him. That, if you, if you look the, at the footwork, that is textbook. Step, step back three. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, <laughs> He's been great. I was man. really I was amazed. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. If you look at Terrence Ferguson's stats, he's taken twenty seven threes in five games in February. He yeah. took thirty threes total in December. 
He took yeah. 33s total in November. Yeah. In 14 yeah. games in December, he took 33s. Yeah. Yeah. This is almost, tri- that's almost triple the amount of games. I mean, if you wonder, if you're sitting back and you're like, hmm, why is the Thunder offense so much better? I'll point to you one person. And this, the, yeah. that's the impact that a volume, high efficiency, three point shooting wing can make on your team. Yeah. And that's on something Russell that Russell. Yes, that's something. And we've been begging for this. That's why like, we wanted Alex to start at the shooting guard to start the season. Yeah. Like, let's just give it a try. Yeah. And that's why Russell, I mean, Russell's been, it's been one of his better seasons. I know everybody wants to talk about his shooting. And I love the way that Paul George handled uh, that at the end of the game after Lisa Salters asked him about it. He's like, we've got to stop with this narrative. Like, give me a break. And Royce yeah, went on a yeah. little Twitter rant today too. Yeah. I, I saw read that. that. I'm sure you have all read that because we all read everything Royce Young does, but you, I mean, it's true. If Russell Westbrook was an efficient shooter, he'd be the he best was, player in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine like an efficient shooter? not even close. To no, season. it wouldn't be close. No. He's one of the best passers, the top five passer in the league. He's the best rebounder at his position. He's a good defender when he wants to be. And if the dude hit threes, like everybody just thinks that he should, then he would be the best player in the world. He, he would be, be. He would be Dwayne Wade on steroids. <laughs> Like, you remember yeah. peak Dwayne Wade? The guy yeah. who can shoot whatever and score whatever? If Russ can, like, if Russ is up to, like, his shooting number were up to, like, 48, 49%, that guy would have been averaging 30 points plus a triple double. Yeah. In his modern no. NBA. That's, It'd be unfair. The th- and the Thunder would be the best team in the league if he could hit three. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The fact I mean, is that in, last in, night, last yeah. night, like, cut cut four possessions or five possessions away and make them effective possession. The Thunder are was like, they, they were blowing out the, Ross, the, the Rockets if Frost has a good game. Like, no chance. The, the Rockets has no chance if Frost mm-hmm. doesn't lose 10, 10, 10, 10 balls, 10 times the ball and shooting like poorly from the court. Right. That's, that's not even a game. And so, no. yeah. Yeah, I mean... With all that Let's said, I wish he'd hit. I'd hit, wish he'd hit more shots. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The, I, he's contributing at a high level in a lot of other areas, yeah. and people just need to like wish. take notice of that. Like nobody, like did any when Rajon Rondo was tearing up the league when he played for the Celtics. Was any was everybody just sitting back? Well, he just can't shoot it. Like Jason Kidd when he was dragging those Nets teams to the finals. Was everybody just like, well, I just wish he could shoot it? You know, yeah. and, and a yeah. lot of it's because Russell does take a lot of shots. And I, yeah, I get it. Like I, like yeah. I totally get it. If he, if he either, like he probably needs to hit a certain. He needs to hit a point where he's either taking less shots, yeah, or he is making shots. Like that's yeah. gonna happen. Now my kids yeah. are here. Um, those are probably need to, that needs to happen at some point. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's hope it it happens at the right moment. Yeah, I mean, if if that happens. Come the playoffs and Russell's somehow turns. I mean, I just I won't even go there because it's I'm just like forty six percent. Can we ask for forty six? It's not a great number. Forty five. It's a 45% fine number from the field. Yeah, forty five percent from the field uh, on a 30, 30 uh percent from three. That's that's <laughs> asking too much. Uh, Brett Brett Dawson just sent me this text that he's he's at the blue game and he's pretty sure that Hami just checked in with 10 minutes left to, at the scores table telling the girl that he's super bored. <laughs> G League well, game. Yeah. He's an NBA the, player playing in a G League game. Have you seen the text I sent you? I did. You sent me a skinny Giannis. <laughs> so people can apparently, even if they are very skinny, they can bulk up a bit. Can you imagine hey. Terrence Ferguson bulking up like, like Giannis? I can't even go there because I mean, like that's like Terrence Ferguson. Like there's a fringe all-star in there. Best case scenario. Wow. Fringe all-star in there. Wow. What do you mean? Wow. Hey, wow. I I hope that happens. I I don't know that it'll happen. I think there's a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of guys in the league that have that potential to get there. Like they have that ceiling. Do they all get there? The answer is usually no. 
because very, very few players make the all-star team uh, in their career. Um, but if you were like to ask me, like, would it be impossible for him to make an all-star team in his career? I would say, no, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, yes. If, if the passing stuff happens and the volume increases, like say the next season, Ross decides that he, he makes a present, uh, uh, started, starts of the season present to Terrence and says, you are going to take 15 shots and I'm yeah. going to take 12 shots. And that continues for a couple of years. Then, yes. Tom I mean, Corver made an all-star team. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. But but he needs. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's impossible. I think yeah. he has to be a forty percent shooter, plus being that good of a defender for a long stretch. Because when you play with Russ and PG and Grant and Adams, uh, you're talking you have, like years, years long stretches. I think you need if you if you sh- if you shut the ball like say like this season on a higher volume for two seasons in a row, then you start to be in a Siakam kind of level. You develop the reputation. <laughs> and that's honestly, yeah. that's what gets you, that's what gets you to the all-star game is the reputation. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Middleton, not Siakam, Chris yeah. Middleton is no, not even close. Chris Middleton's in the all-star game this season, not because of the way that he's played, because if you just took this season for Chris Middleton, it's not even close to his best season. No. And, and to be honest, Middleton, good comp. For yeah, he, for Tferg, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not bad. He he's skinny. Yeah, he's skinny. He's primarily a spot up shooter. Yeah. Likes for Terrence even like doesn't even like the mid range. So that's a start. That's great. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're making ourselves ridiculous, probably, but who cares? <laughs> it's Sunday. Yeah, it uh, it is it's late. Oh yeah. I've, this would not be the first or the last time I'm going to make myself look like an idiot on this show. So I'm not, okay. I'm not We're holding back. Uh, stuff. Any, any buyout candidates that stick out to you? Cause the thunder within the next couple of weeks, we'll need to sign a guy. Um, so does anybody stand out to you uh, potentially that's not bought out yet? Or is there a guy that is, you know, everybody's asked about, I mean, I got, I don't know how many mentions I got about Michael Beasley yesterday. And Oh, no. Um, oh, please, dear God, no. <laughs> like, that guy, that guy, he, I, I know, uh, how, how can he play in OKC? Like, this guy has never been part of an Elfie team. Yeah. He doesn't know how to play positional or organized defense. He will mess up every possession. For that, we already have Nader. I know that Bees has more talent, but we already have a guy that can play offense and has no idea sometimes how to play defense. Exactly. I'm, I'm being a little bit unfair, but uh, I, don't I don't like. I don't know that you are. Can you imagine Michael Beasley playing in yesterday's game for the? Yeah, yeah. That's it, the question like that you have to Nader ask yourself. Experience with more shots and and probably less defense, which sounds impossible, but it is because Nader tries. He fails, he but tries. Um, yes. So I don't think I love the idea of Corey Brewer. I, I get why why you mentioned that, but I I'm afraid Billy will play him over other guys. That 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 makes over who? Over Deontay, for example. He he play him over Deontay. Yeah, I'd rather have him develop. I'd rather have a look. Let's let's put it this way. Um, I'll try. Deontay for a bit. And yeah. if that doesn't doesn't work, uh, I'll sign Corbuer then. Yeah. As a last point. What I would love is one of the Clippers guy. Um, oh yeah. Chandler, John Michael Green, Garrett Temple. Oh yeah. If I have like um bad blood with him because he bashed mm. my city you know, on national uh Who media. Did? Garrett Temple. He did. Yes, my hometown. Oh, my close, close to my hometown. Because wow. yeah, yeah, it was. He he Garrett. spoke about yes. He's, he he was playing here um, for a season, and it didn't end up well. They uh, oh, they were dead last in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wasn't very very professional about the city. Um, 
and so yeah, I don't like him. But anyway, uh, he will be a great, <laughs> great fit in OKC. So <laughs> he'd be a good I player for the Thunder. I don't yeah. have to like uh, no to like him. So <laughs> it'd be but, nice uh, if you would. It'd be nice if you would just forgive him. I but, can. Uh, I'm just, I'm I just can. joking. I'm just kidding. I'm giving you a hard time. Um, I think the the guy, if I could pick one of those guys, it'd be Wilson Chandler, no question. Because the yeah. Thunder need a guy that can play both spots in a pinch. Exactly. Exactly. So Garrett, is not Garrett Temple's not that. No. Yeah. And Garrett Temple's not a three either. No. no. He's not big enough. No, so, he's 6'5. Yeah. He's 6'5. He's a shooting guard. And yeah. Yeah. I, they don't really need another one of those guys just because Russell. And Schroeder are going to take up those minutes yeah. in the playoffs, and and it's not big enough to allow, um, say, uh, Russ Schroeder plus Temple lineup is kind of small. I don't I don't like it's too it. small. Yeah. It's yeah, way too I small. Don't like it, yeah. I'd rather, and I'd so, rather play Ferguson at that spot. If you're going to do that, you play Ferguson, yeah, who's six yeah, foot yeah. seven. He has much yeah. better length than a guy like yeah. Garrett Temple does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I would, and then that's what I would do. And you know, I've. And I'm still not giving up hope that Dre could return. And if Dre returns, it changes the equation completely. Yeah. Completely. At that point, you you really don't need to go get a Wilson Chandler or Jermichael Green. You just, here's what I would, I'd just sign your two way guys and just let them be on the roster. Or or you can, you can, you can really do 10 days contract to, to give, give a run to players. um, Yeah, sure. That are in the league. Like bring, bring Herbie 10 days, bring, whoever yeah. 10 days and um you're you're like you spend less money doing that yeah you'd save a lot of and money doing it that way yeah, yeah that's it's, true you save money and it's you can get your g league i don't know if you can do that with a g league guy probably so uh with a 10 day contract yeah yeah for sure i think so i think so so just just give your blue guys a run uh with the with the with the grown-ups like 10 days and you give him an extra money that makes them happy. You don't need, again, if, if the ante works, you don't need, you don't really need a guy. Uh, Agreed. And I like Deontay. uh, I I mean, of course I like Deontay a lot, but no, but unless you get like, if Wilson Chandler says to you, I'm coming, you say, sign, this is, you you have a 15 roster spot for that. Like even if you have Deontay and a 10 day, Sure. You just sign him and then you let the 10 day expires and you're done. So I would look hard into great players, well, good players that can help you, but not. I would not go crazy on signing Corey Brewer to, tomorrow. No, 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 no. I think you wait. I think you wait yeah. until the last possible moment and know exactly who's out there. And if, yeah. like, Corey Brewer might be the best guy out there, in which case you just have to fill the spot. Like you, yeah, like you have like to. if you have to, if you have to again, just do that. But um, it's 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 not like a thing to 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 rush upon. No, no. But he's a guy that you could trust out there for five minutes, so yeah. that Paul yeah, George sure. doesn't play forty eight minutes in a playoff game. Okay, thanks for listening to our show. You can follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down Two dunk thanks for listening if you're watching thank you so much for watching uh again i'm live at matt trotters we're here at ava's blood drive i'm about to go give blood myself um my family just got here my parents just got here my little sister just got here she's gonna give blood too uh super exciting so um but yeah this is this is all for ava wood um in her fight against a plastic anemia uh so if you could donate to her they still, they're needing to hit that $10,000 mark. Um, so again, it's a super specific number for them and their family. So if you could go to their GoFundMe, you can go to GoFundMe.com, search Ava's faith through a plastic anemia, donate to them. Let's get to that $10,000 mark. Let's do it. Like you guys have already helped a tremendous amount in the family and their friends and their community is so grateful for it. Uh, that's why we're here today. Um, but if you could do that, that would mean so, so much to them. So if you have the means to give even a little bit or give a lot, whatever you can, let's do that. Let's get them there. Uh, if you could donate blood in her name, anywhere that the Oklahoma Blood Institute is, let them know that it's for Ava Wood. That money or the, the blood necessarily doesn't go to her because it, you have to have a matching blood type. But even if you don't, you can donate to her and then the blood that she receives that is a match is free to her family. 
And so it's still a big deal. So donate in Ava's name, uh, your blood, your money, and that would just be wonderful. So have a great day. We'll talk to you guys again Wednesday with Alex Spears. Alex, I was trying to get him on the show for today. He, Alex is, I don't know if you guys even know how, obviously you do because you listen, but he's a, a brilliant person that's giving a lecture today. Um, and he's just a, just a brilliant guy that we're really lucky to have, but he is preparing for you guys, uh, a, a super special Al baby cakes, basketball hour, um, or Deborah buckets, basketball hour. My bad. Um, right now for you guys. So be ready for that Wednesday. We'll talk to you guys. then.